0: Welcome back to Don't Take My Word For It. Today we have on Quentin. How you doing? Not too bad. Yourself? Pretty good. Uh, thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me, and um, hopefully I can bring some insight.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, tell us
1: a little bit about <laughs> yourself. stuff. What do you do? So I own two businesses. I am a financial advisor, so I'm a practitioner in Springfield. Uh, also pretty heavily involved in real estate. Um, I'm a realtor, so I help buy and sell, but I also do investment side myself, too. So I'm pretty much in a gist.
2: How did you get into financial services?
1: You know, it's a funny story. Um, I actually got into finance for the simple fact I wanted to work a lot more with numbers. Um, I love, I always tell people I like the market, but I love real estate. So <laughs> okay. mixing the two together makes a lot of sense because a lot of clients of mine, especially on the real estate side, they usually don't know how to get to the point where they want to buy a house or they don't know if they're financially ready or maybe they feel like they're financially ready and they're not. Mm-hmm. So this career also allows me to, before we go into buying a house, let's sit down. Let's see if it actually makes sense. Let's mm-hmm. see if you're financially prepared to buy a house. So it works good on both levels, but let's say somebody can't get get approved or buy right now. It gives me the ability to then, hey, let's make
0: a financial plan to get you on pace. for the. Oh, next so you can get both sides month. of mm-hmm. the deal that sure. way. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty smart to yeah. get into it that way. Is there an age range of people who who normally come see you for that, uh, or like an average?
1: You know i I would say that I typically work with people between twenty and. Forty to forty-five. I don't have a lot of clients that are forty-five and older, Mm -hmm. so I'm not really even
0: including them. Yeah, (laughs) but
1: um, I would say that the typical age group that I'm working with is typically between twenty-five to thirty-five. Yeah,
0: there's still a good, 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 a lot of different life changes that go on between them. So I'm sure you're getting a lot of different people's. situations absolutely
1: well that's the thing is is when somebody and i love working with like younger guys that's one of my thing i love working with younger couples newer married couples because a lot of the times they want to get a jump start in life but they don't know how Mm -hmm. right like not all of us were not all of us have the ability or at least feel like we have the mental capability of knowing where our trajectory goes and i think that that's where i have such a passion in the financial world is I love showing people what they're truly capable of when they don't feel like they're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. X Y Z. Right?
0: Do you work for? Do, is it <clears throat> is it just you, or do you, or is it with a, a a company that you do? Yeah.
1: Right. So my face fronts mutual of Omaha. Now my office, my box, <laughs> basically, so my my actual office and my door is Smithmo Wealth Management LLC. So uh-huh. it's I'm I'm full 1099. I own my own practice, but I basically face front mutual of Omaha. So, gotcha. if somebody asks, "Hey, who do you work for?" I say, "I'm contracted
0: with Mutual, but okay. I also broker out to others if need be." Too. Was there a uh, a point whenever you were getting into that that you weren't sure whether or not you were, you know, felt qualified to give that kind of <laughs> advice? I mean, how to how oh, does yeah. somebody get to feel like, "Oh yeah, I can give people advice on what to do with their finances"?
1: To be honest with you, um, one of the things that I always say is that. I felt this career was very god-led for me so for me i don't ever think that it's something that i anything that i put my mind to i'm always gonna give it my all um especially if i feel really called to it but you know like i always say god doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the call or call qualifies the called if i could talk right. <laughs> so moral of the story is no i did not feel like i was qualified to do this gig at all um at all i didn't go to college um i didn't intend for myself to ever get into something like this here i am (laughs) so do do (laughs) they like
2: sorry go ahead no you're good Um, do they uh do they give you like like you sign up with them and then they give you some training on like tips or what do you yeah so
1: when you so okay if you want to get into the financial world there's a couple steps that you can take so a lot of people that get into financial advising Mm -hmm. they usually are already in college or They're graduating or something like that. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of interns um, Mm -hmm. right off the jump. But if you're not an intern like me, it was funny. They actually reached out to me. I didn't reach out to them. And um, how that came about, again, I just felt like it was God-led. I Mm -hmm. literally have no explanation for it. (laughs) Um, But when somebody wants to come into the career, it's first you're getting your life and health Mm -hmm. license. So, you know, Mutual of Omaha, they started off over 100 years ago doing just life insurance. That's what their specialty will always be. But over the last couple of decades, they've full-fledged turned into a financial planning firm. So not only do we not do just life insurance, you now for disability, long-term care, medical supplements, um, lots of other things in the insurance aspect, annuities, but then also if you get securities license, get your Series 65 or your Series 7 or your Series 6 or any type of securities license that opens up the door for the stock market. And so that's that's my passion is I love investing. So again, me being a numbers guy, um, you have to figure out what part in the gig you want. A lot of people get into it just for the insurance. And they're just like, I'm going to stick with the insurance. Mm-hmm. For me, I didn't get into it to be an insurance. I got into it to be a financial advisor. So that's why I ended up getting my getting my securities license.
2: I was like, that's, that's where I kind of took so off from there. So how do you typically, how does like a financial advisor, how do you get paid? Do you just like mm-hmm. get the first time commission or do you like get a commission every time that they make a hit or what
1: so basically on the insurance aspect so insurance wise let's say you did a life insurance policy okay Mm -hmm. life insurance policy you get a commission so you get obviously your your percentage off the commission or the the premium so you get a percentage of the premium and then every single year you're making residual so you have renewals nice so one thing is the financial industry has built more millionaires than almost any other industry Mm -hmm. Reason being is because of the residual aspect. Mm-hmm. A lot of the guys in this industry, if it's done right, you could retire so early if you want yeah. to, or my, you could have freedom. I don't like the word retire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> think anybody that's entrepreneur mindset it would actually ever retire. But yeah. um, so, and then on the investment side, so if you do a fee-based plan, so like let's just say a 401k, um, typically you're just charging a percentage. So like I'll usually charge a 1%. So if you give me half a million dollars in assets, you know, I charge you a 1% fee to manage it. And then obviously that 1% either tailors off towards the more assets we have, or it's just a fixed fee for the longevity. So gotcha. it, in a way, it kind of gives you skin in the game. Mm-hmm. So of course, you know, if you want to make more money, you obviously want to make your clients as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the more money you make them, the more money you make. So I like the investment side a lot from that instance.
0: Yeah. All right. Is it ever, uh, do you ever have clients who you basically like on retainer for who every time they make money, they say, Hey, what do I do with this? What should I do with this? Absolutely.
1: Um, I love to be the go-to guy for them to call when they want to make a certain decision. If they want to purchase something, Um, if they come into a random lump sum, like sometimes people will get random life insurance policy payouts from deaths Mm -hmm. to get inheritances, all kinds of stuff. And then they're like, I have this hundreds of thousands of dollars like what in the world do i do it with like do with it and going through a client right now um i think he got a two hundred fifty thousand dollars inheritance so he's like oh i want to start a business and i'm like let me show you how to do it and it's not only just like hey let's just put money here and here and here and here and here it's i love the instance of just helping and helping others grow so i do a lot of work for free per se um i don't get paid to do business planning could i charge for stuff like that absolutely but to write up a business plan for somebody or things like that, um, if they're already doing planning with me, I don't charge them things like that.
2: So, But they might be a client down the road right, from you. Exactly.
1: And so that's, that's where I kind of look at it too is, you know, when you're helping people, if you help somebody become successful and grow, your business is never going to struggle. Never. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, I mean, think about it this way. Let's say I helped one of you guys start a business. You guys got super successful. And then let's say 50 years down the road, or sorry, not 50, let's say 10 years down the road, five years down the road, somebody says, how did you build this? And you're like, you got to go talk to this guy, mm-hmm. right? Either that, or it's just, Hey, I have somebody that you at least should talk with or meet with. And it's not even just for that fact, but that's always going to be there, right? Mm-hmm. It's always that remembrance of how did I get here? Who helped me? And that's what I love so much about this. And that passion is just to help others grow.
2: So it's kind of like your in- investment plan. Like you get your you know you get your cash from the financial side and then you invest everything over into real estate or we we're kind of talking so, about real estate yeah. behind the camera here yeah. so
1: so basically with real estate i am very active and i am licensed in real estate so i still deal with buyers and sellers so i still have people call me say hey i want to list my house um, or hey i want to buy a house so I, I deal with typical real estate there mm-hmm. now for myself like i was talking to you i don't have any hold properties yet just cause my game plan is I wanna jump directly into apartments commercial. Mm-hmm. Ideally, I wanna get into new development. That's just me. There's a okay. lot of equity position in there. I'm a big fan of new development, but it's a lot of capital. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Capital. So that for me is why I'm kind of holding off on the holding aspect of just residential because I would that almost have a, de- yeah, it would, well that, but it's a delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. You know, if if I can just wait a couple more years and then immediately hop into something that I really want to do, that I know that's going to bring an enormous return. I personally think that that's the route that I prefer. Now, I don't always suggest for everybody to do that. That's just my own personal, right? Um, but for the real estate, um, I do a lot of wholesaling. Um, do a lot of wholesaling too. Um, other than that, I mean, my wife and I, we're, we're just now getting into the flips. So we are going to start investing more heavily in the real estate. I'm just not holding it yet. So. Yeah.
0: Do you have a uh like a game plan about or a, a timeline that you think of when you'll be able to find that uh move into that commercial uh property that you think thinking? I
1: think it depends on many things because it's not just going to be me. Um I'm going to have some capital partners. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to need them. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. for me there's a couple people that there's very few people I would, I would feel comfortable investing money with. Um, investing money with people is scary, right? Um, you got to trust those people a lot, especially mm-hmm. capital partners, when you're heavily involved in something like a limited partnership or whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple people, but we're all continuously helping each other grow. I would like to see us in there in five years, ideally. Um, I would like to see that. Not saying that that's impossible. We don't necessarily have a, a direct game plan. What we're both, or all three of us are just trying to do right now is just grind. Just basically grind, make some money, obviously keep up our investments currently, make some capital in the back end, and just continue to just leverage and leverage and leverage as much as we can to the point to where we're
0: able to be able to finally develop. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there's a number you're going to hit where you're going to be like, hey, I think we're, I think we need to look for something now.
1: I don't think it's going to be a number. I think it's going to be more when, I think it's going to be more when we find that right place find the right spot um Mm -hmm. when it's one thing that land lands rough (laughs) Mm -hmm. land is rough to purchase right now so um whenever
0: we can find a really good deal I think that we will probably end up purchasing land first I'm sure a lot Um, of people uh don't really know what to look for What, what things are you looking for that makes something a good good option or a bad option so for me this is why I love
1: being in both careers I get to see the ins and outs of everything (laughs) I get to watch the market but I also get to watch the real estate market and so I love following like where's the business cycles at compared to like where I'm my personal projections for them to be so for me to find something that I think would be worth it is where's the what's the projection in this specific area um honestly let's just use like the west side of Springfield West side of Springfield, I mean, they're developing a crazy amount of stuff over there. Mm-hmm. They're putting in that big strip mall, they just put like Whataburger over there, I think the Culver's yep. maybe or something yep. like that's going over there. Um, Menards just came over there. So they're they're developing that very heavily. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think it's a it's a place that's a really good development spot. I feel like it's very underdeveloped um my personal opinion but I think a new Target's
2: coming over there too oh really yeah I
1: think that's so you know it's it's trying to figure out okay what's the timeline for all these other things because guess what once somebody puts a let's just say a big supermarket there prices are skyrocketing like crazy Mm -hmm. so it's it's trying to again kind of playing the ball (laughs) and rolling the dice to figure out where's the projection and what's coming and what can we expect from this is there going to be an extreme price hike? Because like I said, if there's going to be a supermarket or something like that that lands there, the price over there is already going to be going up substantially yeah. because of everything going up there now.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Keep in mind, the more they keep going, <laughs> the more traffic is going to be there. The more land's yeah. going
0: to go up. Mm-hmm. It seems so, like that between Republic and that side of Springfield oh is my filling up with stuff. Mm-hmm. Quickly. And Insane, and yeah. Insanely. And I, And I think, to be honest, I think it has a lot
1: to do with Amazon. Uh, yeah yeah should, a lot of jobs yeah and so like amazon created a substantial amount of jobs which is good but for all of us that have been in republic for a long time it sucks <laughs> <laughs> because republic is
0: becoming ginormous yeah um, and expensive to buy in <laughs> and I,
1: oh I, oh my gosh it's it's crazy because a lot of people don't know this republic is if not already on the border of more expensive to live in, in than ozark and like, that's yeah, never probably. been a thing <laughs> no. until now. But that's, that's where that's been. Um, Ozark used to be the place where, you know, people had money and all this stuff, but Republic is now becoming that place. Mm-hmm. Where, like everybody's going and kind of migrating over there. Um, another thing about Republic too is, I don't know if you guys noticed or saw, did you guys see that USDA is never, no longer going to be I saw Republic.
2: that. Yeah. I did so, see that
1: pretty sad about that yeah. <laughs> very sad about that i always i didn't know that actually so you no longer be able to do a usda yeah. starting in october yeah october
0: 1st how far does that go do, are they still like in battlefield because no. that's kind of a nope they you i if i'm not mistaken nixa ozark republic i think
1: those three are now added onto the map where they're not eligible wow. which sucks because... i wonder what
0: metric what metric are they using to decide if it's is it Honestly, just growth. Population, population density. What does that stand
2: against?
1: for? So it's the United it's, States Department of
0: Agriculture, right? Oh, okay. So it's okay.
1: so agriculture, aka, it's like think of farmers. Easiest yeah. kind of way to think about that. It's rural development. Gotcha. So it's kind of like that's essentially what a lot of that's supposed to be. But if there's going to be a population of. Eighty thousand people Mm -hmm. so they've decided yeah yeah they don't need to develop it anymore exactly gotcha so that's that's the one thing that really sucks about it is there's so many people that are going to lose out the opportunity like when my wife and i bought heck yeah we did a usda putting zero percent down absolutely and Mm -hmm. i always tell people to do that but it sucks because now we no longer can do that again just because of the areas so that was something I was just mentioning. I wasn't sure if he gets sold out or not. So, I, I, I've
2: seen realtors and stuff share yeah. that and stuff. I, 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 I've I heard of what it is, and, you know, you can get into a house cheap that way. Yeah. But, Whenever
0: I, w- I almost bought that house in, in Clever, that's what I was using, and then yeah. I didn't end up doing it because I guess it didn't meet some of the more stringent requirements for yeah. the house. Yeah. Uh, so you're saying Clever won't be included anymore either? It's actually
1: I have the map. <clears throat> Let's look. Because I'm curious now. I think Clever should still be included i would hope so yeah you would think
2: clever awesome. clever and billings and marionville and places like that yeah maybe.
1: so i would say clever should still be but i'm now i'm now i'm contradicting myself here yeah clever's still good so here's actually the map mm, yeah Clever is. well that's going pretty far out uh I know. east it's, even i know that's what i'm saying is like it's crazy it's almost out to rogersville
3: mm.
1: so it's yeah it's crazy um uh, the, like they've just i understand why they're doing it it just
2: sucks (laughs) you know yeah so how do you get most of your real estate leads
1: honestly um real estate the these two careers go hand in hand so much that real estate is actually generated a lot through my financial practice okay um give you an example someone comes in we're going over like a financial plan saying hey where do you want to be where do you want to go in life what do you want to do in the next one to two two to five five to ten years right Well, what do most people say? One, one to two years, I'd love to buy a house. Mm -hmm. Well, I can help you buy a house. Absolutely. And it's not just like, oh, hey, use me as a realtor. I don't care if they use me as a realtor. But the thing is, is why wouldn't they? Just because they've already built rapport with me. Of course, they, they typically do. Yeah. Two, you also look at it as, I think that they look at somebody like myself and other people in the career that are in both, a little bit more in quotation specialized because it's like, you know, both markets, right? Yeah, you mm-hmm. have an
0: intimate knowledge of their exactly. personal finances and what exactly. they can work with. So it's, it's, it's
1: talking to them about, Hey, you could actually afford this. Not just knowing like, Hey, we're approved for a loan at 250 K. That doesn't mean that you financially should buy mm-hmm. it. At 250K. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. other expenses, right? Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's good because again, it's working in the client's best interest. That's the easiest way to explain it.
0: Do you ever work with, uh, in the financial advising, do you ever work with businesses not just individuals oh, absolutely tons um i work with more small
1: businesses than i do anything else really mm-hmm. that's what that is a lot of what my niche is and for the simple fact a lot of small businesses can take so many different advantages from taxes from all these other things that a lot of people don't even know about um, so even just regular 1099 employees um, there's so many things that i love to teach people and things that again I may not even get compensated from some but I just want them to know like hey like you gotta be doing this and mm-hmm. this is what you want. Um so small business wise I have people that um own trucking companies I have some people that own lawn care businesses I have people that own automotive shops um all kinds of stuff so I can do group benefits I can do group investment planning so like 401ks things you know so there's a ton of different stuff that I can do. Um, I prefer to work with businesses. Why do I prefer to work with businesses? I like growth. If somebody
0: wants to be very stagnant, it's not my typical client. At hmm. least that's not somebody I prefer to work with, right? Yeah. Do you have any uh kind of blanket pieces of advice that you give to people with businesses whenever they come to you that you know most people have no clue about and that, are, that they that that you try to get everybody started on doing whenever they uh start working with you?
1: So, when you say Give me, I guess, be a little bit more specific.
0: Are there any certain aspects of a business's finances mm-hmm. uh, or maybe loopholes or, sure. or benefits that they aren't taking advantage of that most people don't know about that you try to turn everybody onto whenever you start working with them?
1: Okay. I think it depends on the business, and I think it depends on how big. Um, let's just use there, and I may talk some gibberish for a second, but there's a, there's a new Secure Act 2.0 that they basically just released and it allows that businesses that are brand new i believe it's for the first three years in your business you actually can fully write off all of your 401k expenses like startup costs it used to be 50 percent. so that's a big big increase from 50 percent to 100 percent. so now you're talking about getting employers and things being able to when they wouldn't sometimes people don't can't financially afford to pay startup fees and all this other stuff immediately right off the jump, Mm -hmm. when now it's fully tax deductible. So now at least they're saving on the tax instance versus before they're not. There's a ton more stuff that comes with the Secure Act, but that would be something that from a financial planning aspect that I say that if it makes sense to do a 401k for a business, that is something I always suggest for people to jump on. Um, When somebody is starting a business, I think one of my biggest suggestions that I did personally, that I think really jumpstarted everything for me. Um, jumpstarted everything that I never realized how simple and how effective it is. <laughs> being seen. It's that simple, mm-hmm. being seen. Now what I mean by being seen, that I'm not sitting here talking about going and blowing thousands of dollars in marketing dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying marketing is not important. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> marketing is important. I'm not, I'm saying that you don't have to blow thousands of dollars a month on marketing
3: mm-hmm.
1: being seen, being out in the public, like being constantly seen in the same places around certain people, things like that. It really started to get people to, even if I've never talked to certain people before, everybody started to know who I was mm-hmm. and I didn't even know who they were. <laughs> yep. and it was very odd. Like I remember being in the bank one day and I was literally depositing a check and this lady goes, Oh, you're Quentin, Right. And I'm like, yeah and i felt i felt horrible because i'm like <laughs> i should know who this is i'm assuming yeah and, yeah and i've never met this person in my life and i'm like huh and she and she said that she um saw me based off on social media <laughs> it's like Huh, oh, well at least you know that's working <laughs> so the point is and that's not even like i don't think i've ever boosted a post ever like i don't think i've ever paid for a social media ad, <laughs> and, and honestly probably nor will i i just if I want to pay for advertising, I'm going to do it in a different way. There's just social media is something that I personally don't feel like is the best marketing dollars for certain businesses. Yeah, it it's, sounds like
0: with you, uh, word of mouth referral is probably oh, the most valuable type of 110 percent. Yeah. Because let me think about it. If if you were if I were to call you
1: randomly and just say, Hey, you want to come work with me? Versus Cody says, Hey, you got to go talk to this guy. Well, who are you going to go with? Yeah. Some mm-hmm. random dude already, It's already warmed <laughs> up for right, you. Right, yeah. exactly. And so that word of mouth, absolutely. Um, second thing is too, is depending on what industry you're in, I've taught this to so many, and I'm talking about even just people in real estate. Um, so many people just fail to do this. Dress like the people you want to work with. Mm-hmm. That is so important. And I'm going to stress this again. Dress like the people you want to work with. It is, again, so simple yet so effective. Mm. If somebody sees you in a suit, dressed up, nice watch, a nice, you're you're just you nice haircut, they're gonna be like, you're gonna take you really serious, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if you want to work with people who are very successful, you gotta look very successful. You gotta
2: look the part, because the,
1: there's there's people that you know I know that in both real estate and financial planning that you know they wear joggers or they wear like you know nothing against polos, like I'm wearing a polo right now, but it's it, they joggers or you know t-shirts and that like you dress who like you want to work with. So if I'm out and about, and I'm in joggers and a t-shirt talking about my business, I better not be trying to talk to somebody in a suit <laughs> while I'm wearing that because they're probably not going to take me very serious. Gotcha. Versus when I am in a coffee shop and I randomly run into somebody and I'm like, hey, I like like I like I your shoes or I like the, the blazers awesome. And I'm in the same kind of get up. They're like, oh, what do you do?
2: Where'd you learn all this stuff from?
1: I am not exaggerating, um, trial and error.
2: i didn't know if you had mentors or anything like that so
1: i've i will give so much credit um so tim mccall he is he is uh he's like brother without blood (laughs) um he is a phenomenal guy and obviously i have a ton of more mentors um like ashton glazer he's a really good mentor of mine and again i could name a bunch of people but when it comes to a lot of just these same principles um trial and error Like Mm -hmm. honestly like the dress like who you want to work with i heard that so long ago but
0: ashton glazer's
1: the one who actually told me like hey try to put this to practice so he was the one that actually like got me to the execution
3: Mm -hmm.
1: because we all know that we can know all the stuff but if you don't execute what's the point um no i mean i i've had an insane amount from help from my mentors um but again it's like some of that stuff that you may already know but it's it's helping to that next step and even sometimes just reminding like hey don't forget to do
3: Mm -hmm.
2: you're right you're right well the reason i kind of hit you up about coming on here is like i don't know you very well Right. right and i but i get your emails (laughs) <laughs> I get your emails like crazy, and it's like, hey, here's a listing in in well, Springfield you get into, or whatever. On
0: his list, What would you do? I think
2: you had a post on Facebook or something. It was like mm-hmm. any real estate investors or whatever. You know, yeah. sign up for the list. Yeah. And then he got my email from it. Now he sends me. Like I looked at a duplex he sent yeah. me. I think yesterday or yep. two days ago. And I guess that's probably a wholesale deal yep. of yours. You hmm gotcha. gotcha. I the numbers <laughs> almost work on it. Yeah. But, yeah. So, so it's what?
1: one of those things that like, it's. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, you know, that's why I love, again, it's just, it's the persistency mm-hmm. because that's why I think that the best ROI that you can get on any type of advertising or marketing is just yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, and I say that just because it's, again, it's like anytime that someone sees me, what do they typically think about? One or two things. They don't think about, I wonder what he does. You mm-hmm. know, I'm constantly talking about it. And it may not be like in the face, like, oh, this is what I do, you know, it's, but it's, everybody typically knows what I do.
0: Do you, uh, do you have, do you have, you said you like numbers, Mm -hmm. any really large accounts that you advise people on? Sure. Um, I definitely have some, some bigger clients. Um, not
1: nearly as big as I want to be. (laughs) That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, absolutely. There's always room for growth. Um, definitely have some big, some bigger cases. I'm still, you know, almost two years in, in the financial industry, I'm still relatively new. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, especially with bigger accounts it's a it's a long-term game um for those types of clients too because it's not about oh i want to see your tenor it's more or less too about sometimes it's that chase um people feel valued when you tend to chase them um when i say chase them i'm not talking about bugging them all the time i'm not talking about blowing them up on the phone or emailing them all the time but it's talking to them once or twice and then they obviously know what you do. But then, again, it's strategically reaching out to people, meaning that, like, let's say somebody posts on Facebook. Again, this is actually something else that one of my mentors taught me, too. You see somebody that you're chasing after, comment on somebody that you know's photo. It's You're not even directly replying back to that person, but comment on the same photo. So you say, like, hey, you know, I'm, I know this person, too, right? You see where I'm getting at? Because yeah. then it's a constant reminder of, like, Quentin Smith. You yep. Quinn Smith, like it's it's the it's the name, just nonchalantly. Yep. but it's not in your face like, hey,
2: come talk to me. I like, know you're uh, you're good at that because like <laughs> I don't like I said I barely know him and he like texts me on my birthday. he's like, hey, happy birthday. It's, like it's, so, uh, how do you do? You, do you have do like a calendar person, and you know, have yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, it's
1: I'm not I'm not. It's it gets uh, it gets a little crazy. Um, it does
0: get pretty crazy sometimes. But it works. That's something I've gotten <laughs> into a lot lately is automating things like that, automating marketing stuff and. You, I, you could set things up like that to do automatically, where you wouldn't even know that mm-hmm. they got sent. Obviously, yep. that would kind of take away your personal aspect yeah, of sure. it. But he wouldn't have known that. Well, no, I was like, I, I
2: probably assumed it was some automated deal, <laughs> yeah. but I was still like, that's awesome follow up. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, yeah. And cool.
1: see, that's the thing too is like, and, and thankfully, it's also really hard because when your securities licensed, you are federally regulated like crazy. Um, rightfully so i mean you're dealing with people's money Mm -hmm. their assets like i totally understand but it is very difficult (laughs) because there's only specific things that are approved there's only specific vendors that are approved that you can use there's only like so in real estate it's all free game you know Mm -hmm. i can do whatever i want basically and try any platform and any different app that i want to but from a compliance aspect when you're heavily regulated you only can utilize certain things that are You know mutual of omaha approved or mutual omaha investor services approved or sec approved you know uh, like qualified it's things like that so it does get tricky trying to find things that you can automate because so many things (laughs) (laughs) so much and i'm actually like uh my wife uh love her to death she's been helping me lately with a lot of my admin stuff yeah and um girl i just throw a lot at her a lot Um, (laughs) and it's a lot of the times it's you know i feel bad because i feel like it's too much sometimes um but her and i have talked and you know it's one of those things that we we're definitely going to be adding to the team here pretty soon just getting some type of admin admin on um just to handle specific things just for again like follow-up animation like automation it's not having
0: to do so much of the nitty gritty stuff, the non-money making producing activities, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The only reason why I care about automating things like that is just because i'm lazy i hate doing that stuff and so i want to find a way to not have to do it <laughs> but in my opinion i'd say that's a good lazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know like productive it, lazy it, exactly yeah. it makes me feel validated i i saw a quote from bill gates one time saying he always tries to hire uh lazy people because they'll find a better way a quicker way to do it, whatever <laughs> job it is that he needs that's <laughs> true that is true it's just me telling myself it's okay to be lazy. <laughs>
2: So you mostly all learn the, or all learn this from local mentors. You don't have like, is there anybody online you like to follow, or?
0: You know, um, do you know who Alex Ramosi is? Uh he's like the biggest. Uh, he, I have never liked any sort of finance guru, mm-hmm. motivational people online. Sure, but then I. He always talked about him, and I scoffed and I actually started reading his stuff and to it. Okay. And he gives phenomenal advice mm-hmm. on business development. Okay, cool. Uh, you should look at hundred percent. And
1: it. I'm like I said, I'm always open. It's one yeah. of those things, but taking the time to try to find people—that's the annoying part. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say, I mean, I'm a huge Robert Kiyosaki fan. I love Good. Kiyosaki. Um, just specifically, like, I love his investment style. It fits my investment style a lot. You know, leveraging a lot of debt. Um, he just and i like his thought process behind a lot of things he's very smart and he's very very sophisticated so i like he a lot um i've i haven't listened to a crazy amount of bigger pockets um bigger pockets is a good like it's it's a great podcast it's great videos i just i feel like for me with the real estate stuff i get way more interested diving into listening to financial gurus than i do real estate gurus and I don't know why, because <laughs> I love real estate.
0: Yeah. But I also
1: financial plays so much into real estate too. Because obviously dependent upon where the business cycle or where the stock market is, too, is also directing where other markets go. Mm-hmm. So again, it's pros and cons, but there's not really been a, a guru that I feel like I've just fallen in love with on the real estate side.
0: Do you uh how much risk do you assume or does mutual Omaha assume with with investments that you have with people? Do you you sign off basically make make your client sign off a waiver basically saying you assume nothing or what does that look so like? you know with me being securities licensed you know I'm, I'm a fiduciary so legally
1: by federal law i have to act in the client's best best interest so to answer your question you we can never we can never just waiver the client's rights ever yeah. so like even if they signed a paper legally you can't do that mm-hmm. but The thing is is when you're investing in someone's account as a fiduciary you know i can get in a ton of trouble and i am highly regulated so even though that i don't assume any risk Mm -hmm. nor does mutual omaha i'm held to a a very i'm going to say like a speculative standard because of the you know licenses and the knowledge you're supposed to hold and have um so we don't necessarily assume the risk from it per se but i would say that i assume the reputation. <laughs> yeah. <gotcha. laughs> but, you know, it's so it's when you're a fiduciary and you have to legally act in the client's best interest. Not that I never did that before, but different it's personal morals are way different than legal morals. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, having definitely. both of those together, that's kind of where again, I I always just make sure that my clients are doing stuff. Yeah. Um Again, I'll. I always. I, I would lose money before I would just purposely have my clients lose money. Or, mm-hmm. You know, that's just one of those things.
2: You read a lot. I do. I, I, do. I You seem really educated, so I figured. So,
1: I. I actually started. I actually, I hated reading. Um, I. I was never a reader.
3: Um, <laughs>
1: never a reader. I started doing audiobooks last year, and that is actually what got me to start flipping open books. <laughs> audiobooks was the only way that i could ever get myself to read a book um i could never find a book that interested me and so when i say a book that interested me it wasn't about anything specific i just wasn't i just wasn't looking at the right books you know i never I never found a good author that i felt like was like like i love kiyosaki's books the way he writes in there great schuyler lewis there's a book called two day ceo oh my gosh that book is freaking phenomenal okay. um but like it's it's certain authors that just you know grab you and just pull you in because it's just it's not just like here's the principle go ahead and apply it it's this is the life story this is where I screwed up this is how I prospered this is the actual principle how are you gonna apply it in your life so it's like giving actionable all... steps, exactly yeah. it's mm. not just here's the book figure it out you it's, would like it you know, sure. so yeah I'm sure yeah. and I'm I'll t- I'm totally gonna gonna look into
0: them yeah um, exactly. so. Go good. I was just to say he's probably the most jacked, uh, rich person you'll ever see. <laughs> and he explains things so well, yeah, like like a real person. Yeah, you see, know. Yeah.
1: And that's that is what drives me in so much is that is where I can just listen to something or read it on repeat. So, audiobook wise, um, audiobooks are something that that really sink me in. The problem with audiobooks for me though is they become background noise a lot. So, you know, after a certain Mm -hmm. point, even if I'm sucked in the book, it's just, it gets very repetitive listening to a book. So what I'll tend to do is like last year, um, just I had, I had a really, really big life change last year, just mentally and like just self-development and my faith and all this stuff. And so just trying to do better for myself, I just decided that I'm not going to listen to as much music and I'm going to put all of that time into podcast, audio books, something that was going to develop me versus be just listening Mm -hmm. and so after i started doing audiobooks that is when i found out okay i'd be open to reading a book that sounded like
3: this (laughs)
1: and so that's actually what got me started reading and when i started reading that's when i actually started to dive into other books and other authors and figure out who are some other people that i feel like just has so many principles that are just different there's just so many cliche principles that i mean everybody talks about and that's what i hate i just i i something i always tell and i I have a team underneath me at at mutual um and what i always tell a lot of my team is if you want to be different than the average gotta do gotta be different than the average (laughs) like you can't you can't act average or do the same thing as the average person if you want to be a better than average advisor Mm -hmm. you can't do that so that's where i kind of look for okay principles okay what principles are everybody teaching or well, if they're the average cliche principles i'm not to go- i don't i'm not saying that i'm not going to listen to them but i'm going to look for other principles or other things that aren't so average or cliche
0: because i just i take that principle to heart i i found that uh if there's some information i really want to get from a book mm-hmm. listening to the audiobook while physically reading the book is by far the best way I've ever been able to huh. absorb anything. I thought about that. That actually yeah. is a good idea. You're doing both at the same time, you, you really, it's, for some reason it makes you... It feel actually bad. said
2: that in Alex Ramosi's book, and I, was like, I think that's where mm, I wonder if he just got an extra dollar out, got... out of me or not. <laughs> it's smart if it... Yeah. It's, it's actually his... not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah he's like, to like buy it. the audiobook and read my book at the same time. <laughs> like, no, that's, that's a pretty in smart move.
0: He has written out like diagrams of things in the book where you really have to have the book in front of you. Yeah. You can't just listen to it when he's explaining like, do this, do this, this mm-hmm. direction this goes, and little diagrams help you, you know, understand things better sometimes. Yeah. No, that makes
1: sense. Actually, I like that, though. I'm going to try that. Yeah, like, it's good. I'll, I'll give you yes feedback. I'm 100% <laughs> Now you got me intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just helps you absorb things a little and bit more. And I can understand
0: and why. focus more. Yeah. yeah. If it's background noise, it won't be if you're looking at it and listening to it. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: So like in, that. like, high school, where you just... Sitting around, you're like, "Hey, man, I don't really want to have like a job." It seems like you really dove into the self development. A lot of people don't do that. Um, (laughs) because you seem like a, I mean, the last time I saw you was eighth grade, so, (laughs) but you seem like a totally different person from the last time I saw you. I'm
1: not nearly the same person. Yeah, Um. (laughs) as eighth grade, (laughs) I uh, honestly just since school. Um, so I hated school. Mm most people do but i i genuinely hated school i wasn't i never had like bad grades per se you know i was typically a high c but it'd usually be a b and an a average typically so it's not that my grades were bad i just didn't Mm. you know i didn't know what i wanted honestly i I didn't come from a good childhood so for me at school i just didn't care like i just wanted to be off um doing something else you know honestly things that i just shouldn't have been doing and my head was just not focused and honestly I look back and I've asked myself a lot of do I regret those times do I regret the times that I feel like I wasted and honestly no and I'm going to say why going through everything that I went through and even just the the choices that I chose to make and all these other things literally led me to where I am today in being able to justify right and wrong and when I say justify right and wrong, it's not just of like, oh, I I'm, I'm gonna choose not to do this. But I look back and I'm like, I don't have to go and party and drink mm-hmm. and all this other like I didn't I don't need to go out and just have fun. You know why? I've done that before. It's not fun. It's just <laughs> it, it's not fun. Like it's one of those things that I partied my heart out. I mean, all the way from like middle school, dang near all the way up till high school. Yeah. So it was like I just i i got out of school and just didn't care <laughs> which most people get out of school and then go do more of it so in that yeah either that or they just now care because in school they wanted to focus on school but guess mm-hmm. what now they're wasting all of their like multiple years of their adult life trying to replay what they wish they would have done in school mm-hmm. when i mean sure do i wish that i wouldn't have done any of that yes but at the same time i know the repercussions so it got me to also at this point where I can justify what's right and wrong and what I should and shouldn't be doing. And so I like that because I've been through it. You know, I've I've been through that. Like none of the teachers probably ever thought I was going to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I would say that
3: majority of the teachers
1: probably thought I was going to be dropping out or like yeah. failing. Like I just did not care. And so a lot of people, you know, see me now and I say this in a humbleness, but they see me now and they're like, dang. And I'm like, I just care now yeah <laughs> you know but it's like you gotta find you gotta find your why you know it's, it's all what it boils down to i'm married i have three kids like you got three oh, kids wow. now you guys didn't know that uh-uh. <laughs> <Three> <laughs> i'm kids. married i have three kids so how like, old were you whenever you had your first one so we i was i was 18 when she was born but um we so my wife got pregnant when she was 17. Gotcha. So That's crazy. We I'm older started, than you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we started life early. Um yeah, yeah she's uh she actually she's a stay-at-home mom, homeschools the kids, she loves them. So it was it was good because you know I'm out here being able to be the change and make the change that I want to see in the world and help people and do what I feel like God's called me to do, but she's also able to stay home and do what she feels God called her to mm-hmm. do. Homeschool and be a, a great mom. Like I couldn't ask for a better wife. Um she is just she is a rock star and without her holding me accountable to, i don't think that i would be where i would be at today because of some of the stupid decisions that i would have made
3: mm-hmm.
1: so it's like a lot of people i'll oh, stay away from girls <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. well when you find that one they keep, yeah, you on helps track. You <laughs> they keep you on track yeah so um i don't know i think that's that's when i think back to those times um that's what i think about you know justification
0: to know what's mm-hmm. right and what's wrong i don't know for me okay, i feel like good. it's helped tremendously <laughs> Some of the, uh, one of the things we like to ask everybody who comes on here is basically for advice for people. So the goal of this podcast really is just to try to give actionable advice to people, young people who are starting business, who are in business, who want to grow. People who just don't, you know, not everybody can have everybody's perspective. So you're, you know, a unique perspective. Do you have any advice Tons That would work for (laughs) any individual starting business. And why
1: I say tons is because honestly, looking back to my life, I had so I have thousands of reasons why I shouldn't be where I am today. Thousands of reasons. Just thousands of reasons why I shouldn't be where I am today. But I will say that just I'm going to repeat back what I said at the beginning is God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Meaning that You can literally do whatever you put your mind to and I know it's a very cliche line, but until you actually fully believe that You will never truly see the potential in yourself. And I think that that's what so many people fail is You literally have no idea what you're capable of because You will never outperform the thoughts of yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's honestly that was my biggest problem for the longest time is the thoughts that i was told as i was growing up the you know things that i was called the things that i was you know doing and what whatever else it's like that was just how i visioned myself so the thing is it's like no matter where you come from rather if that's tons of childhood trauma or you come from a rich family or if you come from a, a middle class family it doesn't matter you literally can do anything that you put your mind to as long as you believe that you can do it but the thing is is that's where it's a catch No. Do you want to believe that you have the capability? Because if you don't truly believe that, you're never going to do it.
0: So how do you think somebody could force themselves to believe that without maybe going through the trials and tribulations? Absolutely.
1: My pastor, Brian Franco, told me something that changed my life. And he actually told me to do this. And I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was the stupidest thing. <laughs> I, I literally, I told him, I was like, this is dumb. It's like, I'm going to try because you told me, but this is just stupid. Daily affirmations. Daily affirmations. I have to admit that does sound. <laughs> it sounds absolutely ridiculous. And I'm going to explain my exact process of how I did it and literally how it changed my life. It's insane. Okay. He's like, stop labeling yourself for what you feel and start labeling yourself to what God tells you that you should feel. So instead of saying like... You know, so I have severe ADHD, bad anxiety, I bet all this other crap, and so he's like, you constantly look at yourself, or you feel when you think of yourself, you feel anxious, you feel, you know, depressed. You always feel like you're, you know, all you look at is just PTSD. You know, you just you put these labels on yourself. He's like, but if you wake up every single morning, and he was like, you look in the mirror and you say that, what do you think is going to come? It's like, you know we talk so much about speaking things into existence like in quotations like manifestation but it's like speaking things into existence is so real um and i know i talk about a lot of biblical principles but it it talks about that the bible speaking things into existence and it is so real because what you say literally mirrors what's going to happen and the craziest thing is is if you wake up every morning and tell yourself you'll never be great you're never going to be great. versus if you wake up every single morning and say you know what even if you wake up feeling like a piece of crap, <laughs> you wake up and you say, You know what? I'm a good person. I promise you. I gave myself seven days. I said, If this does not work in seven days, I will never <laughs> do this again. And honestly, I gave up almost a day two. Oh,
3: really? Yeah. <laughs> the first
1: day, well, because I felt like an idiot. Yeah. I was sitting in here. Yeah. And he was like, You can't do it in your head. You got to do it out loud. And I was like, Great. So, yell it from the rooftop. Gonna be, <laughs> my, my wife's going to be on the other side of the room being like, What is this dude doing? Here? Yeah. And I'm sitting there, so I remember the first day I did this. I literally was sitting in the bathroom, and I was just like, you are loved. <laughs> I am loved. I was like, I said something. I said, um, said um, I think that was actually the first day. I think that's all I said. I was just like, I am loved. I am loved. I am loved. And I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> and um, the next day, here comes day two. And it's like, that's where the consistency helps yeah but but this is where the consistency is also hard because i already had in my head this is dumb (laughs) so day two i'm sitting here like honestly this is stupid like why am i continuing but i did it anyways i because i i I promised him that i would try for seven days and i also promised him that if it didn't work (laughs) i was done so that second day same kind of thing i literally just did something so simple like loved you loved you were loved something so simple that third day started feeling a little bit different and it literally sounds so fake (laughs) it literally sounds so fake but it's the fact that you forced yourself to do it even when you didn't want to Mm -hmm. and again it's the speaking into existence you know we think millions of thoughts a day craziest part is is there's a statistic that if you believe the same thing 200 times in a row that it becomes a belief hmm what are you telling yourself think about that point is is that by that third day it's not like i just felt magically transformed but i started to feel slightly better and i really did i started to feel like a little bit more just cheery by the fourth and fifth and sixth day i started to actually like get a little bit more so i went from like two to three second affirmations to then going to like 5 to 10 seconds and then i started then like, cuz i started experiencing like holy crap this is actually working and i went from like 10 to like 30 seconds and then i literally started going to like 2 to 5 minutes like just repeating like You know, like, I don't need to seek validation from other people. I'm going to be successful. Like, you know, just anything that I felt like I needed to try to accomplish, I just started speaking to myself. Um, That literally changed my life. And I will forever say that those daily affirmations did that for me. Because until I started doing that, I don't think my perspective of myself would ever change from just what I felt. And again, (laughs) you will never outperform the beliefs of yourself. So... Sounds a little funky. I promise you, yes. Best ROI you ever make. <laughs> Best <laughs> ROI you ever make. Okay. Pretty uh, low
0: risk. So,
1: yeah, low <laughs> risk. That's what I'm saying. So that's kind of what I would suggest for anybody that's looking to make that next step. Next step is acknowledgement. You know, it's like every, you have to acknowledge to know how to fix things. So acknowledge that you feel like crap acknowledge it like yeah i feel like crap but i'm done like i'm done feeling like crap right i I, i'm done feeling like a failure because my first business failed or because i filed bankruptcy or you know i'm in a ton of debt like stop feeling like a failure because where you tell yourself you're a failure you're a failure Mm -hmm. but if you keep going and going and going and times are freaking rough (laughs) times are rough we're all going to be experiencing tribal and trial and tribulation i mean we're either in one going out or about to go in to a trial right that's just how life is Mm -hmm. So, just know that life's not always going to be great on the other side. So, that's kind of what my perspective would be.
0: Hmm. Well sounds like good advice. So, that's kind of what I feel.
2: Well, Quentin, appreciate you coming yeah, thank in. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Really sounds awesome.
0: Some good advice for people. Yeah. yeah I appreciate I'll be so. talking in front of that mirror tomorrow morning, I bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good thing I love it. I hope alone. so. Your neighbor's <laughs> going to be like, what in the world's going on? <laughs> All right.